Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. Thanks for joining us. This is not a sales program. For those who are regular listeners, you know that already. For those who may be new to either the live broadcast here on Saturday morning or if you're listening to me via a podcast, this is an educational program. We're trying just to give you ideas, try to give you information to help you make a better investor, maybe even help keep you from making the, the wrong moves which uh, can be just as important and maybe save you just as much money as making the right moves can do. Been doing, uh, been in this business for um, several decades, we'll say, uh, quite a while. So I've seen a lot of different things and I've heard a lot of different things and heard a lot of different conspiracy theories over the years. And going all the way back even to the 70s when I was in school and hearing Things uh, I don't hear much about the John Birch Society anymore. I, I guess they're still out there. I don't know. But there's a lot of different uh, groups have come out and they they really thrive on uh, making catastrophic predictions and things like that and, and, and just trying to push conspiracy theories and so forth. And we have yet to see those. But you know, not to say there's nothing out there. I've, you know, who knows? But uh, I just think uh, it's it. It behooves us to keep a level head and try to do things correctly, honestly, do things in a way that obviously will glorify our God. And if we do those kinds of things, then we'll be much better off. Last week, we talked about the markets and economies and so forth. And this week, we're going to continue that conversation, talk some more about inflation. But I ran across a little story that I thought was interesting. A gentleman who had recently attended a family event, and he heard someone in the family, he's a heating and air conditioning repairman. But he's made more money, he said, this year trading short-term, short-term options than he did by working. And so, okay, so he's uh, very happy right now, but if we use history as a guide, he's not going to be happy for very long because those types of trading activities usually come back to bite you really, really good. And I've known of, of a number of people that when the 08 Great Recession happened, they were doing some of this short-term trading like that, the day trader type person, and they... Uh, just lost everything uh, because of the way things went when the market crashed and Lehman Brothers was crashing and all that back uh, at the end toward the end of 08 first part of 09 and so it's um don't don't be uh enamored with someone who has those kinds of comments and and typically anytime somebody is touting their successes i i worry about that it's a it's a yellow or red flag to me uh, there's probably a whole lot more um, unsuccessful trades that they made that they're just not telling you about. You just don't know about it. So don't get discouraged when somebody like that is bragging. So watch out really for those who brag. Matter of fact, even when you're going to see a professional investment manager, financial planner uh, like we are, I caution people who may be talking to us and several other people trying to decide. And I don't envy anyone who's trying to find a financial planner to work with. It's very important and can be very difficult unless you have a good, strong referral from a friend or somebody else that you highly respect. But you've got to be very careful with how they describe their services. And I would caution you that anyone that spends a lot of time talking about their returns and how well they've done, uh, and, and they can show you a portfolio. So here's the portfolio I'd recommend to you that you better ask some more questions about that portfolio because Many, many times I've seen that's not the portfolio they actually have used with clients. 
is the portfolio that they would currently recommend because anyone can look back in Morningstar or Forbes or some other financial magazine or financial publication and find out how different mutual funds and different ETFs and other investments have performed in the past. And you can put together a projected portfolio and say, or potential portfolio and say, here you go. Uh, this is what I would recommend to you. Look at the returns. Look at the returns in the last one year, three years, five years, even 10 years. It's a great return. And this is what I'd recommend to you. And it's very easy to get caught up in that and think, wow, I mean, if it's been doing it for five or 10 years, surely he can keep doing it or they'll keep performing the same way. When in all likelihood, and very often is the case, that that you're just using uh, recommending things that have had their heyday. They've been doing well for the last three, five, 10 years, but it's time for the leadership to change and that those investments are not going to do as well. I still re very succinctly remember being at a workshop a number of years ago and Bob Varis was the MC and he had uh, three or four different international money managers up on the stage. And this was after a period of time when, especially after the previous year, when international stock funds had performed very well. It's been a while since they've had their day in the sun, but they had performed very well the previous year. His initial comment to each to that whole panel was, you realize that the fact that you're on this panel means that your next year's performance is probably going to be some of the worst performance that, you, that you've ever had. And they all laughed because they understood they had some great performance recently in the last year or two and it's it's one of those kinds of things that goes in cycles and sometimes they do well sometimes they don't but it's too easy for us to look at past performance and we automatically extrapolate that into performance going forward and assume it's going to be the same when in all likelihood it's not going to be the same you're better off really trying to find some investments that have not performed well they're good investments that just haven't performed well for a few years and buy into those. So it doesn't matter as much if you buy into a three-star, two-star, morning-star fund as opposed to a five-star fund because that you're hoping that it's going to be the next three, four, and five-star fund. If you're buying all five-star funds, and, and that's what the broker is recommending to you to buy because that's how he's going to try to get your business is try to make it look like I'm going to beat the performance. And then you're probably going to be disappointed later on because it's probably going to be the time for those. I I still remember also back in the end of uh, 99. So I go back a little ways back in the tech bubble, when the tech bubble burst. If you remember Y2K was about to happen in, in the year 2000, and a lot of things were, were going on back then. And people were really ramping up their technology purchases because they wanted to upgrade all the systems so that they wouldn't have a problem with Y2K. And, and when you had um, prospective clients come talk to you and they were looking at the S&P 500, they were looking at high growth stocks, they looked at these different mutual funds. Janus was a big proponent and had a lot of high performing, one well, of the top performing funds then, but they're all investing in the same high flying technology and, and high growth stocks then. And if you as a consumer didn't understand where that was coming from and why their performance was where it was, then it was easy to fall in that trap that, oh, okay, well, I want to buy that because how good it looks. And then by the next year, 2000, then when things started to unravel, then it was, was uh, not a good sign. And, and the small caps, uh, real estate investment trusts, uh, value stocks that started to rebound and do better during that times 
helped our performance uh, be better than what the certainly the technology crashing was going on. Uh, not because we were smart, but because we we just wanted to have a better diversified portfolio and we weren't going to chase those returns. So you want to be very careful not to chase the returns, which is probably what this HVAC family member who was was um, doing was was chasing the returns. And he, he could make good money on some of those stocks that are out there. And just keep in mind, it doesn't uh, last forever. You better uh, watch out. And we're going to talk about some things to do in this time frame in this day and age where the market is where it is, what are some things that you can do? Of course, we want to talk about inflation, what causes it, what what the market is looking at right now. But we also want to give you some actionable ideas. Here's just some things you should consider doing if you haven't done them already. So when, when I don't know if you remember back in the late 90s when people would talk about going to New York and the cab driver was telling them uh, the the stocks and how much money they were making in stocks and so forth that had to be a red flag that okay even the cab drivers are making money in stocks are, are we close to a peak <laughs> who knows well we were we just didn't know we were at the time and things can keep going for a while and that's where it's uh, such a fun business to be in not knowing what's going to happen next all right we come back we'll talk get a little bit of a economic uh, review some information that uh, our firm has put out we'll summarize that for you and see what uh, the current outlook is and talk about inflation a little bit and give you some ideas on uh, how you can take advantage of it at least not be taken advantage of uh, during this particular environment we'll be right back this is certified financial planner professional mike miller your host for talking money i am pleased to have ronald blue trust as the sponsor of talking money as a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit? Which is usually the common perspective. Or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, director of Family Matters, said it well. Quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation. Unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And you're listening to Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host for today. We'd really like to hear from you if uh, you've had some some uh, in-person boots on the ground uh, experience with some inflation, especially as it relates to maybe buying a vehicle. Have you gone to the dealer and what have you found there? Have you found that there's their prices for used cars are really high? Uh, was talking to a friend yesterday and talking about the, the advantages, disadvantages of buying a new car versus a used car. And uh, the the new car he was looking for was just not there. There weren't any uh, out there in in Greenville County. He just couldn't find them. They they could find some a couple years old, which is fine. But sometimes buying a new car is better than buying a used car. 
And uh, I know that uh, goes against what uh, many people hear on from financial planners, uh, especially like a Dave Ramsey, somebody like that. But there are legitimate uh, reasons. I've got some personal experience with buying some and finding some a good enough deal on a new car with uh, no miles and a warranty versus a used car that might have 15, 20,000 miles on it with uh, no warranty and already uh, has used up a couple of years of my driving because it's got 15, 20,000 miles on it. And for some of my vehicles, that's like four or five years. I just don't drive that much with with my my office. is not that far from my home and, and don't take that many trips, especially in the last year or so. I haven't been putting many, many uh, miles on the car at all. But we want to talk some about inflation and talk about how that affects investments and your whole lifestyle. I quite often when I'm speaking, especially to prospective clients, but even some clients, and I've, and I've talked about this on the radio a time or two over the 15 years I've been doing talking money, people, when people look at risk when it comes to investing, they typically are only looking at the risk of volatility. They're looking at how much does this particular investment go up and down in price. So in stocks, what's the, what's the chance that it might go down 5%, 15%, 20%, 30%, whatever it is. Uh, and, and that's a legitimate risk to look at, um, but generally that's a, a temporary event. If you look back at history, and I remember saying this multiple times back in 2008, 2009, when the market was going crazy down and a lot of volatility then, I, I asked on the air, I said, please, somebody feel free to call me and tell me when's the last time stocks went down like this they didn't, that they didn't ultimately go back up and go back up higher than they were before they started going down. So tell me when there was a time that it, doesn't, it has not done that. Well, you couldn't tell me a time because at, at this point, there's not been a time like that. Does that mean it might happen in the future? Will never happen in the future? No, of course, nobody can predict any of that. But it's, it's a temporary risk. And, and that's why we talk all the time about not having all your eggs in that basket. Don't have everything in the stock basket. Now, you can have everything in the stock basket if you're the kind that doesn't need the money. You don't have a specific item that you need to buy or something you're going to need to get access to those funds for on a moment's notice. It doesn't matter if it's down because you can wait it out till it goes up. You're younger, whatever the case may be. Even older people. We've had some some people who are retired already that didn't really need the money. They had a good pension plan. They had good um, they had social security, they had good income that was more than covering their needs. Their account was used to, for emergencies, maybe if they ever had a long-term care event. And they were essentially saving it for their children, their heirs, and or ministries that they were investing the, that money for. So certainly you have to take that kind of volatility into consideration when you're figuring how to do your portfolio and not keeping everything in there. And even if it's just because you want to make sure you can take advantage of a downward uh, turn in prices and you keep something in cash or fixed income so that when stocks do go down 5, 10, 15, you notice I said when, not if, when they go down 5, 10, 15%, that you'll have money to, to buy into it again. A lot of people don't have the stomach for buying back in because there's always that assumption it's going to keep going down more, which there again, it has happened, but it, it doesn't go down forever, just like it doesn't go up forever. Now, it's been a while. It's been over a year. I think March a year ago since we had a significant a little bear market uh, downturn. So don't be surprised if sometime between now and the end of the year, we have some kind of a 
5%, 10% drawdown uh, in a 30-day period, a two-month period, whatever. Uh, and, and how long it's going to last, you know, nobody knows those kind of things. But that's the risk most people look at. They don't think of the risk of loss of purchasing power. So that's the, the stealth risk that I think is a more serious risk than the risk of fluctuation or the risk of that my investment may go up and down. Now, I'm not talking about losing the money because I'm talking about a well-diversified portfolio. And I've been doing this a long time and very, very few investments actually just went away. I, I don't know any that, that we had with clients that went away. I had some that had some real difficulties, but that's been very, very few. And it was just a small percentage of uh, the portfolio. Maybe some years ago, uh, there were some muni bonds that we had used a few for our clients back this, this quite a few years ago. And um, and then there were some issues with nursing homes because a lot of the funds the the funds that have invested have been were invested in nursing homes. There was some difficulty with some of those, and so there were some some um, uh, negative re- not negative returns, but lower returns than certainly we thought were going to happen with those funds. And that was municipal bonds, which you expect to be <laughs> that's pretty boring, pretty uh, plain vanilla. So it does happen. So we're not talking about losing the money. We're talking about just fluctuation, which I like I said is a Typically, it's a temporary thing on a well-diversified portfolio. Inflation's not a temporary thing. It's something that that will eat away at your portfolio for years. So if you're retired, and we're going to talk some more about this if we have time at the end of the, of the program today, should retirees get out of the stock market? Well, a lot of this has to do with inflation. So if you're talking about your cost of living, when you first retire at 62, 65, 70, whatever it is, What's it going to cost for you to buy those same things that you're buying then just 10 years later or 15 years later or however many years later it is it, that you're going to have to have some investments that keep up with that inflation cost so that you can keep up with your standard of living, your, your cost of living. But things change. You don't buy the same things at 65 and 70 that you might at 85. It's more of just usually medical and things like that that, that happen that when as the older you get a bigger percentage of your your um, assets and your income go to those kinds of things medical things instead but inflation it's really a uh, like a hidden tax that goes in there so you, so we want to make sure we understand what uh, inflation is uh, you know what and nobody knows really this is like the stock market nobody knows really what's going to happen but currently in the state of the economy i mean the the way things have started to rebound and we don't know we'll see what happens with the delta variant coming up here and I've had several friends that just recently have been diagnosed, but they're not in the hospital or anything like that. They just, it, it's, it's, they're having rough times. Lindsey Graham's talking about it, talking about how he's, he's had some rough days, but he's, it's not hospitalization type of illness. But the World Bank has been predicting the fastest global recovery from recession since 1940 and the fastest U.S. growth since 1984. Well, we're coming back from a, a low point so it's easier to get faster growth when you're coming up from a, a low point so what what's the government doing so the government's been spending all this money we had the 1.9 trillion american rescue plan that was passed just in uh, just a few months ago in april and they're already talking about a two trillion uh, a four trillion addition for this infrastructure plan and fortunately we have some democratic senators like machen who are concerned about this and are raising flags and pushing back some on it which is so nice to see uh some of that um uh common sense coming out of congress which you don't see but there's still then then what are you talking about an even bigger plan after this this is just you know whatever 
Joe Biden, President Biden can get now, he's still talking about more. It's like, it's a great time to spend money because the economy started to do so well. Well, that's not the way we should do it. And certainly many economists are are fearful that that's going to have a rise in inflation. What we don't know, we talked about this last week some, is is, good, is it going to be transient? Is this inflation is going to be uh, something that, that uh, peaks, uh, this uh, perks its, its ugly head here for a while, but then it uh, goes back? Or what's going to? But uh, we have to be more concerned about the rising inflation as a longer-term issue and, and how will likelihood of government spending increase and have an effect on that. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about some asset class, different different types of assets, how they perform since the first of the year, and then we'll start digging a little deeper so what causes inflation and, and what should we be concerned about that. More of Talking Money coming right up. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or one 800 588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. If you got a question for me today, just send that to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Got a real good question uh, this week from uh, a radio listener that I, um, it's, a, it's a complicated question about IRAs and IRA distributions. Uh, from a deceased sister's account and we're going to be talking about that next week and and some more information about IRAs it just gets very complicated the secure act has complicated things a little bit more made some nice gestures but it also had some some questions that additional questions that it that uh, it caused because of some of the things that were put in that act we'll talk about that next week so that that those are the kind of things that happen because we get questions from listeners we want to talk about things that you have questions about so send that email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com and of course talkingmoneyradio.com is the same place you can go to to listen to previous broadcasts if you want to listen to some particular topic and what we've what I've talked about in in previous years, uh, previous months about that particular topic, um, we'll have it. So we've had state planning attorneys on the air. We've had uh, Deborah Faulkner, the probate judge, on the air with us. Uh, we've had senators. We had a lot of different people on the air with us in the past. So you can go uh, on to that website and pull that up, look by topic, and that should come up with most of the topics that most of the shows that, that were related to that particular topic will be there. So uh, if, if there's something else you don't find, then just email us, let us know. We'll try to help you find it, or we'll talk about it again on, a, on a, uh, another Talking Money. So we're talking about the government spending and so forth and what 
inflation that might cause before the break. And so it reminded me of a couple of um, sayings that have um, been, and it's amazing how long ago these sayings were made, these statements were made, and how they still ring true today. So John Adams said, in my, in my many years, I have come to conclusion that one useless man is a shame, two is a law firm, and three or more is a Congress. So this is back with John Adams. And Mark Twain said, if, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read the newspaper, you're misinformed. <laughs> and how true is, is that? So you got to be so careful when you read things, even listening to, to radio show hosts. you got to be careful and make sure that you verify that stuff with other people and make sure that that's not done. So then Mark Twain, the last one for him, suppose you were an idiot and suppose you were a member of Congress. But then I repeat myself. He said, so that's, that's Mark Twain because it is typical for things like that. So there's, there's a lot of others that, uh, that I've used over the years in the workshops, many workshops that I've taught at, uh, at Milliken, Michelin, Cryovac, some of those places over the years. I had some great times at some of those places. Um, most of them have stopped doing those kinds of things. Still got a few, and, and Eddie Holland in our office still teaches at the pre-retirement workshops at, um, at uh, Michelin. So what's happened? What's what's performed best since the first of the year? So year to date, we've had double-digit returns have been the norm in any kind of risk asset classes like stocks and commodities, things like that. So commodity, this is through the end of June, has uh, led the way in just a basket of commodities that have been up about 21%. U.S. stocks, in, as a whole, up a little bit of 15%. International developed stocks, so this would be like European stocks, things like that, developed countries, uh, up 9.2%. And this is just for half a year we're talking. We're not talking about a 12-month return. We're talking about just year-to-date. Emerging market stocks would be like a China, Brazil, those kind of places, emerging markets, 7.6%, which still is not shabby. We'd take that. What's struggled, bonds, so diversified bonds in those indexes, down about to one6 and it's been nice to see in some of our portfolios where we had we had some uh, international bonds and things like that that help make up for that and some um, – tips type inflation protected bonds because inflation has started to come back more and we talk about inflation today gold take took the biggest hit from these particular uh, asset classes we're talking about gold down about seven percent since the uh, since the first of the year so when you hear all these ads about you know don't invest in stocks invest in gold because you can't lose money well not true all right so what causes inflation Everybody wants to know that. So many economists, a lot of economists, they say the root cause of inflation is an increase in the supply of money. So when you have the government uh, keeping interest rates low and and you have the um, Congress infusing money and spending all this money, that that's going to be a cause of, of inflation, if not now, sometime down the road. So that's printing more currency, giving more money away to people, uh, loaning more into the banking system. Those are all ways that that additional money is put into the system. Uh, I think another very important, because we've had this happen before, and it didn't really cause inflation because the velocity of money, which is a very important piece of that inflation equation, how do you determine what inflation is? And Dr. Jim Rook, uh, our local economist in our office, 
has said many times, and you got to remember that velocity. How how much does money turn and change hands? How how often and frequently is it turning over? Is another very important thing for inflation. Um, but the uh, the newsletter that our firm sent out had had uh, divided inflation into three different categories. They say when the cost of producing goods and services such as raw materials, labor, and that kind of thing increases, the resulting higher prices are described as cost push inflation. That's the cost of producing goods and services, which makes sense. That sounds like inflation. That sounds like things are higher. Raw materials go up, so everything costs more to to uh, produce. Uh, the next kind of inflation, they say, the next category, demand pull inflation. That happens when the demand for goods and services outstrips the supply. So that's like more money chasing too few goods. So we got the demand is higher for those goods, and we don't have enough supply. So if you don't have enough supply, like used cars. So I understand a lot. I've not looked. I've heard from a lot of different clients and, and things I've read that the, the used car prices have gone up a lot more in the last couple of years, especially the last year, then new car prices have gone up, uh, like twice as much they've gone up. It's probably not every kind of car and so forth. Uh, I understand it's even harder to find some of those cars. And they're, I, I get um, letters from the dealer all the time asking, they want to buy the used car I have back because they're having a hard time getting it. And they'll give you a really good deal on a new one, of course. Um, but that's demand pull inflation. The last category was built-in inflation is often referred to as the wage price spiral. When prices rise, people expect or demand higher wages to maintain their standard of living. So, of course, higher wages increase demand for products and services, and each side of the equation drives a continuing cycle of inflation. So several different types of inflation. So why does it even matter? Well, it is a hidden tax, as we talked about earlier. It, it eats away at your standard of living because your cost of living is going up. And, and I, I call it a stealth risk because you don't see it. You don't feel it. I mean, you see it when you go. And those who have not purchased a car for five or ten years, you, you've heard that, that sticker shock statement. You know, they go to the, the dealer and see how much more the prices of, are versus where they were when they bought their car last and say, okay, I think I'll just keep my own car for a couple more years instead of spending that much more on, on a car. So but it's been so low for so long, it's easy to forget. And there's even people in Congress, if because you, you have to go back to the 70s to really get the, the high hypertype inflation. Uh, many in Congress didn't even live, weren't even alive back then. So they don't know what it feels like to have that kind of inflation. So they can make decisions, policy decisions that are not good because they're not thinking inflation is that bad because we haven't seen it for so long. But inflation, bottom line, is a threat to your goals because your income, your savings, investment returns, all that needs to keep pace with inflation because you're we're talking about real purchasing power so your net rate of return it's got to be your real rate of return has to include what inflation has done to eat away at your purchasing power so if you put a million dollars in a safe or let's say you put in a no interest savings account which is close to what it is now if you do that and and uh in 25 years of four percent inflation will cut that real value of that in half because the prices of goods and services were more than double at 4% inflation. It just does. And we don't think about 4% inflation as being a very high inflation. Uh, and we're lower than that now. But it does. If you retire at 1665 and you've got another 20, 30 years to live, well, your your prices 
of the things that you buy are going to more than likely double during that time. So you got to be careful. And I think a lot of people see, we've all seen prices increase because of the gasoline. Everybody's seen gasoline prices go up a bunch since the first of the year. Uh, the grocery store, you've seen a lot of different things in the grocery store that have, that have gone up. So is it transitory? So that's a big question. Is it transitory? Uh, it's just tied because we have this big post-pandemic economic recovery going on. Uh, is or is it a lasting trend well nobody knows for sure what that is and it could be that we'll have a transitory initially and then it'll drop back down but then all this government spending will put some pressures price pressures on it down the road and give us some some issues down the road but a lot depends on how fast the economy can grow so there are reasons for concern sure there always are um, but there's there are things that you can do to help um, keep that from being as much of a concern for you because uh, of things that you can do to help prevent that. And we want to talk about that when we get back. Send that uh, that email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. We'll be back with the last segment of Talking Money in just a few minutes. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust sponsor Talking Money to help educate listeners about financial planning so you have the information needed to help you make more informed and hopefully better decisions. When a Ronald Blue Trust advisor meets with prospective clients, their goal is to determine if any of our services are a good fit for them. They don't sell any products like annuities or life insurance and as a fiduciary work to serve your best interest. Perhaps you just need a financial physical from the everyday steward division without any ongoing monitoring or you're about to retire and need to work with the private wealth division to map out a financial path and then help implement and continuously monitor that plan. Ronald Blue Trust Advisors act like your quarterback coordinating the advice you receive from your accountant, your estate attorney, life insurance agent, and in some instances, even your investment advisor. You can learn more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. we got about 10 minutes left in the show. So we talk uh, some more about inflation, see if we can wrap up this uh, particular topic and we can get on to bigger and better things next week. So government spending. So in spite of uh, really the economy improving, um, it looks like sometimes they're trying to, to keep us scared and keep us um uh, in submission, so to speak, in order to, to justify spending even more money. So we've had uh, current government spending. We already had about $2 trillion that was distributed to the Americans during uh, the pandemic. And, of course, people want to spend that money. And that uh, all that is a recipe for potential economic overheating. And, of course, along with that is inflation. So sustained inflation is really tough to to, um, to battle. Uh, uh a transitory wouldn't be so bad. It's going to be, but when you have long-term inflation, because then when you talk about the Fed starting to increase rates, the Fed funds rate to try to offset that, uh, to slow down the growth, well, that affects everything. So stocks can, it will be one of those investments that you might have uh, some short-term pain even, even though longer-term stocks are a good hedge against inflation, uh, more so than things like fixed income. Uh, just just the na- nature of those investments says stocks are going to do better than the fixed income over that inflationary period of time. Does that mean you do away with bonds? No, you don't do away with bonds. You need those four times when, say, stocks are struggling, but you still 
need to have some liquidity to pay for your regular bills and just have a cash flow for your regular expenses every month. You got to keep some easy, you just flat out cash, even though cash is not paying much now, then we, you, you keep some there because it's still better than trying to, uh, need money and trying to sell some stocks when they're down even 2%, 5% cuz you don't want to permanently lose the and that's a permanent loss when you have a an investment stock investment that goes down 2%, 5%, 10% and you sell it when it's down that's a permanent loss cuz you're not in it anymore. So having some other kind of liquidity helps offset that risk and so that you don't have to sell something when it's down. It's it's very smart to have a a better diversified more balanced portfolio but this Higher spending, it's just who knows what the government's spending, what that's going to cause. Um, now, our team says, you know, wait, you may not need to worry. You might not need to worry. It doesn't mean that it's a guaranteed answer, but of course, we shouldn't worry anyway. But in 2020, there were a lot of activities that saw industry shutting down. You saw a lot of different things that uh, made some prices drop a lot. So some of the inflation we're seeing now is just recouping from some of those de- depressed prices. And so that certainly can be identified as a transitory type inflation, but we just don't know. But when you look back at um, pre-pandemic price levels, the increases we've seen really over the past two years, are they're higher, but they're not out of the ordinary when you, when you compare not counting from the dip, but counting from before it started. So just things got just really depressed during the uh, uh, during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic. Uh, but then you got monetary and fiscal stimulus. So you got the government putting in money, you've got the Fed putting in money, and that's why the, they that that can potentially cause some inflation. They're less concerned. They think it's it's easier. A lot of times government thinks, well, it's easier to combat deflation than it is inflation, so let's not worry about that. We don't want deflation because that, that can be a, a very much of a negative uh, impact on an economy. But the the main thing is, and what we do at the firm, is, our firm, is we build in inflation into our expectations. So when you are looking at inflation, that doesn't mean, you, like I said, you don't do away with stocks. doesn't mean you're going to do away with fixed income. Uh, you We understand that inflation is going to run hot from time to time. But we still believe that fiscal responsibility from the government side, that is important. And they should be doing that. Because the long-term consequence of having these kinds of steady, massive deficits, that's where the hidden taxes of inflation can come up. So that's where you have to build it into your expectations and have some of the type of investments that maybe not initially, but eventually will do well with uh, inflation. So you pet, you set your portfolio goals, your return expectations, but you, you think of it in real after inflation terms. Because that's when you take inflation into account, not just what's my total return, but what's my total return versus what over time and what's the inflation impact on that? Because that's your net real return is going to be after you have inflation. So we use a time-based approach approach to investing. So you're, the part that's in your 10, 5 to 10 plus year bucket, that's for long-term stuff. It's, uh, it's going to always be in long-term stuff. You can't try to time that market and you can't determine um, you know when's the best time to get in, get out. I've seen over the 30 plus years that I've been doing this business that uh, you're for that part, you're best to, to stay in. Now, what, what is one of the um, uh, techniques or, or one of the things that you can do to help um, offset that potential risk is this is a great time to rebalance. 
So stocks are up. Your stocks are up. Make sure you remember to go in there and say, okay, my stocks are are 10 or 15% more of my total portfolio than what I'm comfortable, what I originally started as a comfort level for that. So as as much as you'd like to maybe get greedy and say, well, I'm going to leave it in there because, you know, it's going to keep going up. Well, don't do that. You know, skim it off. Take 10, 15%. Get it back to your normal 60, 40, whatever your allocation was to stocks. Take some of those stocks out and, and pick and choose the ones that have done the best and and sell more of those than than some of the others. Now, granted, if it keeps going up, you'll lose some of that gain. But you're still going to have enough in to just take advantage of it. It's just it's a more of a risk control measure. And ultimately, I think it'll it potentially will give you a higher return as well. But rebalancing like that where it forces you to take some winners and take some of it out and put it into something else. Well, bonds are typically negative right now. So taking some of the stocks and putting it in bonds or putting it in cash and just waiting is, is not a bad strategy to use right now. The hard part is when it's the other way around. When stocks go down 10, 15, 20%, take some of those fixed income and buy more of it. Fewer people are willing and able to do that than the other way around. Another great uh, technique to use right now, give appreciated assets instead of cash. So you're giving money regularly to the church. You're giving money regularly to your favorite um, charity ministries. Well, don't give cash. And if you've got gains in stocks, we're not talking about inside your IRA unless you happen to be over seven and a half and can use the qualified charitable distribution. Talk about regular folks that are below seven and a half, then you ought to be considering first, what can I transfer? What mutual fund, what stock can I transfer to my church, to my charity that has appreciated assets in it? And then take the cash that you normally would have given to that organization and rebuying what you sold. You don't have to worry about the wash sale rules. That's just for losses. You're talking about gains. You're still going to, you're giving it away. So you're going to avoid the gain. And then you're going to buy in because you like the investment. You're going to buy in at the at the current higher price, which means later on when you sell it, you'll you'll have fewer taxes to pay because you have a higher cost basis. So look at your assets and and try to see what can you invest in, even if you have to take the asset and put it into a donor advised fund because you're not sure where you want to give it, who you want to give it to. You just want to take advantage of the high prices, move it into a donor advised fund. If you haven't set one up, you can set one up at your brokerage. Just about every brokerage firm has one. You can set one up at the National Christian Foundation, the South Carolina Christian Foundation, a lot of places that you can, the community foundation local that you can set these donor advised funds up and then you can figure out where to give it later. But you at least took advantage of the current high prices. We don't know if they're the highest. We just know they're higher now. It's a good time to take some of those assets and put them into some place that you're going to give. Another important thing with inflation, I think, is reduce payoff debt. I think it's a great time, even if you're taking some of your appreciated assets and you're going ahead and saying, okay, I'm going to take it out. I'm going to pay off my debt because one of the, one of the, your flexibility um, is going to come from when inflation goes up. If you don't have debt, you don't have to uh, use your money to service debt. You've got more flexibility to cut spending down. You don't need to buy things as uh, when the prices go up. You can just wait it out until prices hopefully come back down again. But one of the things that people are fearful about with inflation is that, wow, if, especially if it's hyperinflation, I need to spend my money now because if I wait three months, six months, the price is going to be higher. And that certainly is is nice, but you need to have 
the the cash to do that with so paying off your debt gives you the cash flow each month to be able to do uh some of that planning as you can so okay so we've got uh pretty much all we can handle for these uh we didn't talk about should retirees get out of the stock market i kind of did a little bit so we'll we'll talk some more about that next week and also talk about iras and we'll see what we can uh teach you about iras ira distributions and how the the government and how the irs rules have changed some and how you want to make sure that you do it the right way because once you do some things the wrong way it's irrevocable and you can't do anything about it but hopefully with this uh the inflation that we've talked about you understand some of the ways to offset that that we've talked about is uh reducing that debt getting some appreciation ass appreciated assets and giving them away and and a great time to to rebalance that and but don't don't get out of stocks uh that that could be one of your best long-term investments from an inflationary standpoint even though it, you might feel some pain initially when uh, they start tightening things up well thanks for listening to talking money get a questions for me 800-588-7526 is the number at the office we look forward to speaking with you soon next week on the next talking money Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested.